I'm a 29-year-old Bronx native, um, born and raised in the Bronx. I love my borough, my community, and the people that inhabit it. Uh, and I have a passion for arts, culture, um, and just wellness. When I first started at, at Hope and I started expressing interest in working with the graduates, I didn't even know what an employment specialist was, really. Um, I didn't, I didn't even realize like the, the role of the individuals who were helping be before with my predecessors. Um, so, you know, what I've learned is that what it is on paper and, and what you actually end up doing, you know, in, in practice are, are kind, kind of different. Hello, and thank you for joining us. I'm Amanda Newman at the Economic Opportunities Program, where we focus on strategies, policies, and ideas to help people connect to quality work and thrive in a changing economy. At the Economic Opportunities Program, we're really interested in the ways in which frontline staff in the workforce development field are working to connect people to job opportunities and the particular challenges they're facing in light of COVID-19. In summer 2020, I had a wide-ranging conversation with Danny Castro, an employment specialist at the HOPE program in New York City, about his past experience as a training participant and his current efforts to help people make good decisions about connecting to work in the current environment. We talked about his role, what program participants are experiencing, and how he's approaching health and safety concerns. This conversation is part of our Job Quality and Practice series, in which we highlight innovative work by practitioners and businesses to advance job quality. It has been edited for length to share some of Danny's key insights. In the first part of our discussion, Danny and I unpacked his role as a frontline employment specialist and his past experience as a training participant in construction building maintenance. Here are some highlights from Danny. Well, then I started out as, a, as an energy water. So I was traveling all around uh, the five boroughs in New York City, uh, doing energy audits. I did that for a few years um, until I found myself job searching again. And I always kept in touch with, with my employment specialist. So, you know, whenever I was down and out, I would call them and, um, you know, just kind of get the, the scoop on, on, you know, new leads. So my employment specialist actually encouraged me to apply for, for an internal role. On paper, we're essentially tasked with uh, connecting our participants to gainful employment opportunities. Um, and not just that, but uh, making sure that, that, they, that they have job retention. In practice, it ends up being uh, you know, a, a lot more support and, and responsibility, especially during, during these times when we're not interfacing with, with clients um, in person. I work on, on a variety of things. You know, I might be updating somebody's resume for an opportunity one day. I might walk them through writing a strong cover letter for a specific opportunity. We might go over interview skills. Um, we may uh, discuss uh, job leads that, that are available through the program and, and to the public. Um, and then beyond job search, you know, we also do things like we, we, help, we help connect people to other supportive services. So, um, you know, other organizations that may deal with, with housing or, or financial advisement. Um, you know, people, people lose their documentation. People need, uh, you know, assistance with that, um, um, obtaining benefits. Like there's such a, a wide variety of things. And basically uh, anything that can be seen as a barrier to employment is something that we, you know, uh, can potentially work on. Many individuals who work this, this role uh, know that it can be very uh, emotionally and sometimes even physically taxing. Um, we have responsibilities to, to our clients, our funders, um, and our fellow team members as well. 
Um, and oftentimes we like empathically absorb some of the traumas and hardships that our participants are, are experiencing because we're so involved with them on a day-to-day -day basis. So um, these days I'm, I'm cautious to avoid burnout by uh, placing boundaries around my workload. Next, Danny and I discussed the HOPE program's efforts to support program participants during COVID-19 and in response to the crisis of racial injustice. Here are some of Danny's key insights. In March, I think it was March 15th, when you know the city finally went into lockdown, um, I think the feeling that I had initially was that I knew our, our country was about to endure like true pain and trauma and hardship on a on a level that we hadn't collectively experienced since like 9-11. Um, and the only difference was that this time we had like a small window of opportunity to, to prepare for it. During the beginning of the lockdown, um, I think the main challenge that we were navigating was that um, tons of people were finding it really difficult to apply for unemployment benefits. Um, during the beginning of the lockdown, they were experiencing extremely high application volume. Others, you know, are experiencing lack of essential supplies, uh, like living supplies, or, you know, access to, to food um, and, and toiletries. The, the first order of business for us was to um, just start reaching out to our participants, uh, just, just calling everybody and, and uh, really being conscious of, of the situation. Um, and, you know, we, we were following up, not, not at all to talk about job search, but to just to ask people the simple question, how are you? Um, how do you plan to, you know, uh, to get through this? How how can we support you? And I give I give kudos to a lot of uh, my my colleagues who are are so brave and, and talented and, and innovative, um, you know, coming up with with solutions and just you know just doing doing brave things like driving around uh, the five boroughs of the New York City um, to to deliver you know tech like hotspots and laptops for for our graduates and our participants so they can continue job searching or um, you know, their onboarding process. I, I think everybody was so rattled uh, by the murder of George Floyd um, that, you know, our, our, our organization really kind of went into uh, like a, a state of solidarity th during that week. Um, we, we collectively made the decision to, to not send out email blasts, um, you know, for, for that week and um, just kind of attempt to go on as business as usual because we, we, we felt that it would be tone deaf, you know, essentially. So, um, you know, we, again, uh, reverted back to just simple follow-ups, check-ins, just to see how our participants were doing, just to see uh, what their state of mind was. Uh, but one thing that's happened since then, which, which I'm really proud of, is that uh, our, our executive director uh, has enacted what she's calling a, a diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility initiative uh, for our FY21 fiscal year. Um, and essentially, they, they, just, they gathered a selection committee uh, comprised of, of hope staff members who will be reviewing RFPs for potential program facilitators that'll help us um, or help guide us in best practices for equality and diversity for us and our program participants. In the last part of our conversation, Danny and I talked about his efforts to help people make good decisions about connecting to work, particularly in light of health and safety risks due to COVID-19. Here's Danny. A lot of folks have expressed uh, unease with 
riding the, the New York City public transit system. We're also contending with, with rising crime rates. So, you know, folks just, they're not, they're not enthusiastic or excited about having to travel, you know, to, to another borough. Other people express concerns of, um, you know, going to work and, and re returning home and, and getting their loved ones sick. Um, many people can express concerns about them being sick themselves, you know, and, you know, they have underlying conditions and they're afraid that, you know, if they, if they're out in society, if they're out working every day, that, you know, they could potentially catch COVID and, and that could push it over the edge. I try my very best to, to offer, you know, every detail and every piece of information that I have on job lead. Uh, but the reality is sometimes we don't always know everything about the job conditions on, on the site. Um, sometimes an employer will, will sort of sell us a dream, so to speak, and then we get some, some, uh, some of our, our candidates on the site um, and the feedback we're getting is, is quite different. So um, I will definitely be as transparent as possible with, with, with our participants. Transparency is really key for me because I feel like it, it builds trust. If I see uh, a concern rising about workplace safety, um, it usually jumps to the top of my priority list. I'll do my best to reach out to that, to that client as soon as possible and you know, hear, hear from them in, in their own words what their concerns are. This may be a situation where we might want to consider putting a halt on, on that opportunity. Um, and then the conversation with the client um, usually moves to a place of, um, you know, what, what are our alternatives? We, we do our best to come up with, with, with any, any, any solutions, you know what I mean? Can we transition to a part-time job uh, so we have a little bit more time to, uh, to, to job search and try to get you in, into a better position? Um, you know, we, we have a lot of discussions around, you know, potentially making a, a lateral move, you know, instead of taking a step backwards uh, to move up. If a person decides that, um, that entering the workforce is not the best thing for them at the moment, uh, it's always a decision that the whole program supports uh, because we don't want to have somebody, you know, working on the job. In, in a mental state or, or a physical state that is, that is not healthy for them. So I've learned that um, many of the, the processes that you know, it takes for somebody to get from point A to point B, unemployed to employed, um, it, it's not as black and white or, or as cut and dry as, as I initially thought. Um, there's many, many dynamic challenges that, that are involved uh, throughout the journey. Um, and really that, you know, no, no career trajectory is a straight path. It's not a linear thing. It's, it's, you know, much more like, like a maze and it's our role to, to help people navigate this maze and, and find success. Thank you again for joining us. We hope you've learned more about what workforce development participants and frontline staff are experiencing during COVID-19 and some timely approaches to support connections to quality work. A huge thank you to Danny Castro for sharing his time and insights with us. We also want to thank Prudential Financial for their generous support of the Job Quality and Practice Series. We hope to see you again soon.